0: Are you awake? Yeah. I just want you to know I hate you. So my dad. Please go away. Let me sleep for the love of God.
1: Why don't you tell me a story?
0: How do you sleep at night? I don't want to hang out with a bunch of wannabe corporate sellouts.
1: Rock and Roll Bedtime Stories. It's a podcast that exists to discuss and maybe says straight the rumor, innuendo, and hidden details that surround some of your favorite
0: bands and songs. I'm Murdoch. My <laughs> name is
1: Brian. Uh, the way the format of this show works is we... Uh, take turns telling each other a story about something from rock history that we've researched, put a little work in, and find very, very interesting. And last week, Mark told us the story of Prince and Stevie Nicks.
0: We're big music fans, and this is uh, we love telling these stories, and thank you so much for listening. And we're now about to do episode three, Brian's Turn to tell us a rock and roll bedtime story
1: so this story is not uh, a good story for before bed ironically even though this show is called bedtime stories it does not involve stolen songs and instead involves stolen wives
0: oh Oh, no way uh
1: well kind of so this is uh the reason i picked this story is this is a story that i think you hear bits and pieces of in pop culture Uh, if you pay attention to music or you know much about 80s music you know about michael hutchins the lead singer of nxs
0: Who's so gorgeous, I can't so stand it. Just bef- thinking about it.
1: Before we get into this story, <laughs> I, I want to tell you, I want I want to paint this picture as an entry point. And that is that I was briefly working for about six weeks for some good friends of mine who own a company. And uh, I'll just I'll go ahead and name her. She'll be fine with it. Uh, Lizzie is one of those people. And Lizzie is a, a woman of a certain age. That's all I'll say because it would be rude to talk about exactly what age she is. Um, but... You will know by the fact that when I went into her office, because I, I worked out of her office for a while, um, I was taken aback by the giant, and I cannot overstate how giant this poster of NXS was. Oh, in the office, and I said, "Is it from
0: Kick or what's it from?" It's
1: oh, great question, and I I want to say yes, but I'm not entirely sure. But it's a it's a full band photo. It's not just of Michael. And it, uh, I said, "Oh my god." That's an amazing poster of of NXS, and she said, "I said, I've like." You don't, they don't make them like that anymore. And she goes, Oh no, that, that came out of my bedroom when I was a teenager.
0: Awesome.
1: And yeah, and it's like so big. Like I couldn't give you the measurements on it, but it's like not frameable. It's so big. I mean, it's, and it's still in pretty good shape and it adorns this office. So just to say that is the kind of rock star that Michael Hutchins was. He was just absolute eye candy, captivating. And he was a rock star, rock star in the sense, that he dated models, that he lived recklessly. Kylie Minogue. That he was, yes. And there is a new book that just came out this month that I have not read, but I would probably like to, but I have looked at some things about it in preparing for this, in which there is actually a, a long interview with Kylie Minogue, supposedly about her time with Michael. So all that to say, I'm just setting the scene on who Michael Hutchins is and was, and then we're going to drop other characters in this story. And the reason I picked this story is you often hear um, about how his life ended. And I had always heard what I call the rumor and innuendo version of how his life ended. Right. I did not know that that is greatly contested.
0: I, yeah, and I just thought so, it was a, a suicide, but with the other thing.
1: So there is a, because this is a somewhat family-friendly show, we try to make story guys somewhat family-friendly uh i'm just gonna warn you we're gonna try to talk around some of this stuff yeah but there are some triggering things in this one of them being suicide the other one being the type of suicide which is again very greatly contested and we i may not really get very explicit about it but anyway all that to say this story's nuts and we need to start with the appeal of michael hutchins as a rock star like let's just real quickly get a little history on michael hutchins right so he's from australia which first of all let's just be honest everything
0: australian is hot i mean he could be from venus it doesn't (laughs) matter he's so gorgeous but anyway go ahead
1: And, and then the interesting thing about in excess which i had forgotten is that he's basically the only guy that's not a brother
0: no I didn't know that so did you know Girl. that okay
1: so NXS was formed in 1970s well it was originally called the Ferris Brothers
0: and there's five of them in
1: 1977 there's Tim Ferris on lead guitar there's Andrew on keyboard and there's he, their youngest brother on, on uh, named John plays drums so Andrew who's playing keyboard brings Hutchins on board uh, as a vocalist and then they bring in this other guy on bass so three of the five okay, three of the five are brothers
0: um, that's a brothers band
1: And then they brought in another guy to play guitar and saxophone. Which, let's just shout out to The Sound. Like, that's not anything we're going to spend any time on. But NXS, still one of the most uniquely sounding, unique sounding bands from that period. Yeah.
0: What You Need, that single. Huge. Like, talk about another pop or rock band that had a song that sounded like that. Well, and that had so much saxophone in it. I mean, you had
1: Wham, but Wham... They're a pop band. Wham, Wham was a pop band. And... I remember encountering NXS later. I mean, like, as I was growing up and studying mu- you know, paying attention to pop music and stuff and going back and hearing those records and being like, what was this? Like, it almost can't even be defined by a genre because there is this, yeah. there's soul, there's pop, there's rock, there's just all this stuff happening yeah. in it.
0: Never tear us apart. Yeah, which yeah. Big the difference saxophone. between
1: that and what you need are, I mean, very, very different yeah. songs, right? Right, yeah. So anyway... We won't spend a ton of time talking about that, but it's important to know that he was a star. Yeah, right. Now he wasn't a star at the beginning of the story. At the beginning of the story, we got to go back to the '70s and talk about another star who has not in this country is not as famous in this country, and that's a guy named Bob Geldof. Sure,
0: we just know so him from
1: Live Aid. What right? do you know? Yeah, but what do you know about Bob Geldof besides Live Aid?
0: Uh, he he had that band that I didn't like.
1: <laughs> so there you go. Right? right? So he was he was in a band called the Boomtown Rats.
0: Yes, the Boomtown Rats. And they had one kind of minor radio hit. They they had a they had a few hits. Um, I don't care about Mondays. Or they had, they had a song called I Don't Like Mondays. I Don't Like Mondays.
1: Yeah. They had a song called Rat Trap. Um and he was Irish. So if we're just putting where people are on the map here. He's Irish, Michael is Australian. And I believe all the action happens in the UK, but okay. I honestly am not entirely sure. All right, um, as far as like where all these people come together, so um, Guildoff is in this band, and they're fairly successful. They have a big hit. They they are successful enough to have super fans.
0: Yeah, and they're big big in Europe, and they're bigger overseas. They never right, like you said,
1: right? They were never big here. Um, so it's important that we talk about these super fans because one of these super fans becomes the center of this whole story. Okay. So in the mid seventies at the height of the boomtown rats, there are, you know, I I assume a plethora of women who are following this band around. And one of them is this woman named Paula Yates. Yes. Okay. Have you heard that name? before? Yes. Okay. So Paula Yates is, um, I basically at this point, Has no credentials. She's just a super fan of the Boomtown Rats. And she is flying around. Flying around. Yeah. Now, to see them. Now, you ask, how could she be flying around to see them? She comes from this weird background. There's this really interesting thing that she was the daughter of a guy who is named Jesse Yates. Who was a TV announcer. So... He was. He did the show called Opportunity Knox.
0: Yeah, sure. I know. what that okay, is. Okay. So you
1: know Opportunity Knox. Yeah. So that was Jesse Yates. That's Paul Yates's dad. Okay. All right. We're, we're. We're. It sounds like we're diverting, but all this is going to come. It together.
0: also sounds like I was born in the '40s. Now, <laughs>
1: here's the most interesting thing about.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know that show.
1: Here's here's the most interesting thing about Jesse Yates. So, uh, Jesse Yates worked with Huey Green. Huey Green and Jesse Yates had a falling out, and they ended up splitting ways yeah. and their careers went in two different directions and after they worked together Huey Green went on to be the voice of Tony the Tiger in the 70s and the 70s TV commercials in in specifically in the British ones oh. because it, because the, at that time they were called Frosties okay but anyway he was the voice of Tony the Tiger which is very very interesting oh. so just take that take this note about Huey Green and Jesse Yates and and just you know it's a post it Stick it on the window. We're going to come back there.
0: Quick posted. I'm putting next to that one. Uh, at one time in my life, I got paid $10 an hour to wear a Tony the Tiger outfit and hand out cereal to kids <laughs> playing soccer.
1: So that sounds like a story for, for to kids playing soccer. Yeah. That sounds like a story for Story Guys or other podcasts.
0: Just wanted to throw it out there. I forgot about it. But this is reminding me. Oh,
1: so, if, if you are encountering this podcast first, we do have another show called Story Guys. Check out all the stuff we do. We are the StoryGuys. dot uh, and you will find it there. But that we're gonna have to revisit that.
0: Man, okay. So go ahead. So uh,
1: anyway, so now we're we're back to Paula Yates. Yeah. So Paula Yates, mid seventies, falling around the Boomtown Rats, has a crush on Bob Geldof, and flies to Paris. At some point, to surprise, I guess he like she'd been around enough that like. It's like, oh, yeah, that's that Paula girl that follows us around. Yeah, we're kind of, you know, hooking up or whatever. I don't know what was happening. Enough to where, like, she flies across the world, goes to Paris. And at that point, that is what people say is, like, when they started. because They were a couple. Okay. So, at this point, right around that time, she starts to, and it makes a lot of sense, knowing that her dad was a TV presenter, a host, she follows in that path. And I, I don't know if her association with the Boomtown Rats had anything to do with that, but she starts. Um, b- she starts first as a music journalist. Um, she writes for the Record Mirror in Britain. She writes a column called Natural Blonde. It's about music um, because she is super into that. And then she does. She poses for a magazine. I will. The, the magazine will remain nameless. Right. Okay. But if you were going to stay in a fancy hotel at the very top. You would also refer to that as the same thing as you would refer to this magazine,
0: Holiday Inn. Go ahead.
1: So she <laughs> she she poses in Holiday Inn magazine, um, and so now the stage is kind of set. So she's she's with this guy from a famous rock band. She's done this magazine. She's writing a column about music, and she gets this gig on British TV working with a guy named Jules Holland.
0: Oh, okay. Wow.
1: (laughs) So if you don't know about Jules Holland, you don't have to be British. You can look around and usually find it on the internet somewhere. He has a show now-ish. I don't know if it's still on. It's still on. But he's had a show for years. Later with Jules. Called Later. Yeah. And Later is an awesome music show. This is a quick diversion because instead of being like, oh, hey, we have three actors and a band, and then at the end of the show, the band's going to take us off, and then we're not even going to talk to the band... What they do is they set up like five bands. It's a
0: soundstage, basically. And
1: he walks onto the soundstage, and he's like, and his, Squeeze! And then yeah. Squeeze plays, and then they're done. And he turns, and he's like, and here's Elvis Costello. And it's just like yeah. a bunch of sweet bands playing all together. It's like a, the best music festival yeah. in a clean, yeah. nice, temperate, bathroom-ready soundstage.
0: Still on the air.
1: It's it's an amazing format. Even if you don't particularly like, you should watch that. So anyway, that's what Jules does now. At the time he was his start was he was hosting this show called The Tube, which was you know think of like an MTV style show. Yeah. it was hot, it was popular, and she becomes his co-host. Wow. So at this point, she's getting a lot of access to a lot of people because she is on this show. Right um a few notes about her and the relationship that she's having with um actually no first all right first i need to play this which we'll put in the show notes uh she also has the opportunity because of this rising fame to record a song and what would you record if you were imagine like carson Daly being like i'm gonna record a song which i don't know maybe he has
0: uh, you keep me hanging on I
1: don't know uh, No uh, These boots are made for walking It's it's 1982 And it's god awful <laughs> It's just It certainly is not great It's just ridiculous It's it's You know Nancy Sinatra's version of that song is so good Was it a hit? No It just No it, It's just a thing she did Got So it. that exists in the world And uh, if you want to listen to the whole thing And I don't know why you would You are more than welcome to uh, check out our show notes And uh,
0: it's... Listen
1: to that. (laughs) Walk all over you. Yeah, so there's that. Um, So, moving forward. Paula Yates. Let's not get caught up in too many of these details. Um, So, they're not married. They're a a couple, though. For 10 years. Geldof, Paula Yates. And they have a daughter in 1983... Okay. So she and I are almost Oh my god, it's like on your birthday. You're, you're March 30th, 29th. March 29th. Yeah. So their first daughter's born March 31st, 83. I was born March 14th, 83. So yeah. uh she and I Fifi Trixie Bell and I are almost the exact same age. <laughs> um <laughs> yes, named after Gildoff's Aunt Fifi. Come on. Um, That's crazy. So okay. So this is like I'm going to try to lay out all of these things. There, there's some background stuff about Gildoff And about Michael Hutchins and about Paul Yates that don't necessarily pertain to the exact story we're heading to, but that are important to know. And I'm going to try to do this all in a timeline. So we're working our way through the 80s. Okay. So this is, uh, 83. They have a kid in 85, Paula, Michael Hutchins and NXS are starting to take off. Yes. And they are Mm on the tube. So Paula interviews Michael for the first time in 85,
0: which we could probably find. Okay.
1: Um, So, when you talk to people from that time period, they will tell you, people that were in and around that, that she was borderline inappropriate in that interview with Michael Hutchins. Okay. So, supposedly, the road manager of NXS had to actually tell her, like, you got to knock it off. Because she walked up to him and said, and this is kind of a famous rumor, "Uh, I'm going to have that boy. She walked up and, and said that. To the tour manager. Um, (laughs) Love it. So uh, this has happened. We know this something, you know. The other thing about Michael Hutchins is in the meantime, he's dating a plethora of famous women. Yeah. Uh some of the most famous, and and some of these come later, but Kylie Minogue, as you mentioned. Later there's Helena Christensen. Uh there's a whole bunch. Um but that happens, and um, that's 85. In 86, Gildoff and Yates finally get married. This so they, they after
0: they, Live Aid, too, yeah.
1: So that's the other thing about Gildoff. During this period, while this... So she's successful in this music show. Yeah. He... Boomtown Rats are... are he leaves the Boomtown Rats. Uh-huh. He has a solo record. Yes. He sees... he li- like, And I'm not making this up. He literally sees some pictures from... Africa, and he's like, you know what we should do? Raise money for Africa. And he creates this thing called Band-Aid, which becomes one of the biggest things ever. Yeah. yeah. Um, And if you don't know Band-Aid, do they know it's Christmas? Right. Just look it up. Um, But that song generates a lot of cash, and he then realizes that the problem is super big and he's had some success and some influence so he's like let's throw a huge concert on two continents yeah televise the whole thing and raise more money and i'll cuss on the air and get people to give me tons and tons of cash and he raises an insane amount of money in one day with this live aid concert if you saw bohemian rhapsody it centers around the queen performance yeah it, it starts and ends at the queen performance as part of live aid so geldoff is in that movie very briefly um as a character, not as the actual person. Um and he's the and I I've always thought Bob Geldof is a weird looking guy and they cast some guy. I didn't look who it was, but whoever they
0: cast is it's weird pretty, looking. And he kind of looks like Geldof. Yeah, it's oddly look, looks kind of like He's
1: him. he's the guy who like the one point he's like like he just I think he has one line in the movie and he just yells something about like pick up the damn phone or something like
0: that. yeah know, he that's he all he does. Yeah, he doesn't have much. So
1: anyway, to give you some context, that's all going on. So he's very, very famous and well known. She's very, very famous. She's on TV every night, and they decide, okay, we're gonna have a wedding, 1986, just for fun. Do you know who the best man was? Think of like the most quintessential 1986 person you can think of. Boy George. Oh, so close.
0: Simon Le Bon. Oh man,
1: <laughs> you, that was really good, though. You got that's but, probably where I would have gone. But
0: wow. You know, but if I had to choose anybody from Duran Duran, been Nick Rhodes. <laughs> He's. <laughs> If I, may say, I just
1: love that you have an alternate. I You're do.
0: If I may say, Simon <laughs> lebon's like an eight or nine, but Nick Rhodes is like a thirteen. He could just stand there. Anyway, go ahead.
1: But you don't want somebody hotter than you at your wedding.
0: Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah. So I guess I'd have Bob Geldof <laughs> at my wedding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So go ahead.
1: Oh man. Okay. Uh, also, a really quick Bob, Bob Geldof thing that I, I jumped over. Did you realize that he's pink in the wall.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I feel and like that. This is our age difference. Yeah. This yeah. that needs to be pointed that, out. That's how I found out who he was.
1: Right. So that's I. I missed yeah. that detail, and yeah. you, you should have corrected me. Now it's your fault. Yeah. Um, no, I just that, that is how people know who he
0: is. Yeah. He's a he's a character. But initially. You know, but you know, also there's a lot of people in America who are completely ridiculous, like who have seen that and they don't know that what that story is about, and they think that there's really a guy that's in Pink Floyd named Pink. You know. <laughs> 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 that pink's really great. Uh, but yeah, so wow. he's yeah, and he's terrific in it.
1: Okay, so these two get married. Uh, and Simon LeBon. its Simon Laban—is there, which is awesome. Um, and meanwhile, Polly Yates is going to a lot of NXS shows,
0: <laughs> like even around the time of this marriage. So, like, she was boomtown ratting but doing it in excess shows so You're going to see a lot of those
1: supposedly she was even taking that daughter that's my age exactly like she was going with her like she was taking the kid okay. like which is weird like yeah. it's a weird detail but yeah. like right that means that kid is three to six or something yeah. during that period so she keeps showing up Um, and she is definitely in irregular contact with him. What that means exactly. I don't know. Right. But they are talking on and off. Um, but everything comes to a head in 1994. So in 1994, she is on a different show and the show is called the big breakfast. Have you ever heard of this show? I don't
0: know. I don't know what that is.
1: So this show was put together and run from 92 to I believe like the early 2000s, um, by a guy named Bob Gilboff. <laughs> oh. So he now hires her to be on his show. Okay. And she has one gig on this show. She has one interview segment. So like sometimes he'll get on and rant about politics. And okay. sometimes other things will happen. It's not like a music show. It's just like a, it's a morning show.
0: Oh. It on was, TV. Oh, it was in, okay. The Big Breakfast. And they didn't have, it wasn't a music show necessarily. No. Okay. But they had a
1: music segment on which Polly Yates would host on a bed. Okay. She would lay on a bed. And interview a celebrity. That, that was the whole shtick. That's the. Okay. So. I'm, I'm waiting for so it. So, we're, yeah, we're to 1994, and they booked the guest, Michael Hutchins. Yeah. Go lay on a bed with Paula Yates. All right. Okay, we already know Keep from going. nine years before that that she was inappropriate with him on that show.
0: Yeah. And now that band is. And huge, now that band
1: is huge.
0: Enormous band. So, well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're they, en- they were still pretty big. At that they're en- they're enormous. Yeah, they've so, already eclipsed, like eclipsed everything they were doing in the '80s. They were just they were at that point they were a pretty solid band. I mean, worldwide famous. It's it's pre- most people are pretty confident that
1: by the time he's on the Big Breakfast, the affair has already started.
0: Oh, so before? But even- they.
1: But this is where I think it becomes pretty apparent to a lot of people. Um he was like, just like you're saying bonafide rock God at this point. And all those glamorous girlfriends have kicked in. Belinda Carlisle. That was the one I forgot to mention earlier. Um, along with Kylie and Helena. Um, now at this time, so I'm timelining all this for you.
0: I'm and, still stuck on the bed for the interview, man. Okay. So keep going. So,
1: so <laughs> that happens, right. but I, like there's, there's nothing more than that happens. And at this point, everyone's like, oh, okay, something's up. Right. Um,
0: what, what was the inappropriate interview again on the bed? Was so it odd. I
1: believe the inappropriate interview is that one where he she is like wrapping her legs around him and like, you know, because they're laying on a bed together. And oh, she's okay. like saying, like, oh, whoops, my skirt went up. And like, I mean, it's a whole. Flirt. Now, if you read anything about Polly Yates, people say she flirted. I mean, there's literally a quote that's like she flirted with everyone, including her kids. Like she was a yeah. flirt. Okay. That's what she did. But this is pretty loaded in retrospect, knowing what's about to happen. Yeah. Now, we're going to go back to 1992 for just for a second. I'm sorry if I'm giving you a whiplash. Only to say that since everything has happened with Michael Hutchins, there have been reports that there was a traumatic event in 1992 that involved... Um, he was in an accident where he lost his or at least compromised lost parts of his sense of taste and smell yes
0: i've heard of that before i didn't know what happened but i knew that that was a thing with him
1: there was also a thing that happened with a cab and i don't it's unclear if this is the same incident where he got in a fight with a cab driver in copenhagen and he was knocked out so i think this is the same incident Right. So some articles say like there was an incident and others say he got in a fight with a cab driver and it's unclear as to when that became clear that that was what happened.
0: Cause that's a head injury.
1: And well, what happens head injury and then he's like more drugs. Right. So he's uncomfortable. He's not feeling good. So he's taking a lot of drugs, including yeah. Prozac.
0: Right. We're at 92. And we're at 92. Yeah.
1: So then interview happens in 94, things become public and, and Paula says, I'm going to divorce Bob. You and I are going to create a life together right
0: that okay yeah so that direct eh?
1: so that well it, you know what ensues is a really really ugly custody battle oh
0: so now so, imagine the okay. stature
1: of these people right especially in britain like so in the u.s this is a big deal but in britain it's a giant deal because you've got a. Uh, TV producer guy who was responsible for Band-Aid and yeah. Live Aid.
0: He's like Quincy Jones here, or yeah, Clive mean, Davis. Like, he's a, you know. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. He's royal. He's, maybe, he's music royalty, entertainment even, royalty. Maybe even
1: bigger. Like, I'm yeah. trying to think of someone that would compare to now, he, you know, in, in the current times. But then you've also got this other woman who's been on TV, and there's just a thing when people are on TV, right? Like, you feel like, you know, there's just this different level of tabloid-ness. Yeah. And you've got this super hot rock star from the last, you know, who's been huge for the last five to ten years, yeah. who is gorgeous. And so it's a love triangle, and people love to watch this stuff. So it is just, like, people are obsessed with what is happening. Right. And there, there's this whole, during this time period, as they become official, they have a kid together very quickly, Michael Hutchins and Polly Yates, on. okay. um, in 1997, named Tiger Lily. And Never knew because, Michael Hutchins had a kid. Okay. Yes. And I can show you what Michael Hutchins looks like as a 23-year-old girl okay. because I just read an article where she talked about her dad, and it looks like Michael Hutchins. Okay. <laughs> it's a female, um, which is fine. Like, you know, <laughs> so for Michael Hutchins was that good looking. It works yeah. for sure. Um, So he has – um, they have this baby, and there is a period – so all this custody battle starts. And there's a period during this custody battle where – a nanny is watching the three off children at their house, and they're overseas with the baby. And the nanny reportedly finds, and depending on where you dig up this information, what the drugs are in is, is varies. I've heard Shoebox, my favorite, says Smarties tube, which I can only imagine is like yeah. the candy, yeah, like it's... big candy.
0: yeah or... but, but like the... No, if it was in a big candy, that'd be crazy. No, but it's Oh, you're saying like it's wrapped up as Smarties? It's a packet. Yeah. Got it. Tons of drugs. And
1: this this relationship was characterized by drugs. There were a lot of drugs between Paula and Michael for sure. Sad. Um, Yeah. Now, they claim when this comes out, because, uh, you know, if that happens in a custody hearing, that's a big deal. Yeah. Right? And so in this custody hearing, the you know Bob is lodging like dude they have uh, they have boxes full of drugs in their house like right. the nanny has found it and of course they're like no 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 uh, we were set up you know Bob and the nanny Huh. Bob paid the nanny something happened that those aren't ours you know I mean like literally the kind of thing teenagers say right I was, right. I was holding it for a friend so I just tell that story to say it's very contentious the entire thing yeah um and so. We get all the way to 1997, and we're recording this on November 22nd, which is interesting because this is the 22nd anniversary of this happening. Okay. Um, On November 22nd, Hutchins is in Australia. The girls are supposed to follow him. So Paula and all the kids. Where are they at? They're in the UK somewhere. Okay. Okay but they're supposed to come to Australia to be with him. So he goes first. She calls him and says, I can't come right now because this custody hearing is out of control and I can't leave the country. And he is pissed off. He wants to be around his kids and he's mad at Bob Geldof. Yeah. Because I mean, you know, in very simple terms, Bob Geldof is the reason this is happening. So, uh, he, there is a series of phone calls, and most of what happens is now reported by people who are in the hotel. So, no one knows for sure exactly. But there is a lot of there have been a lot of interviews with the police and other p- places where they where people have said here are the the pieces of the events that we.
0: I didn't know there's any mystery to this. Heard at all. about
1: he's found dead on the twenty second. It starts. In the early morning hours, he's on the phone. This is the elegantly wasted tour. To put it in their, in their career arc. Okay.
0: He used to play it on the radio.
1: Um, and then the final twentieth anniversary tour was to occur in Australia in November in December. Um, so I, I guess were they breaking up? I don't think I realized that.
0: Um, that last record was a stinker. I'll tell you that. I didn't like it. <laughs> so. This is November 22nd,
1: and the, there was a custody hearing. They got pushed to December 17th, so they're not able to be in Australia with him. So she tells him this on the phone, and he it's speculated that he was in on a lot of drugs at the time, probably. So everything's heightened, right? And he is, quote, and she said this in a testimony, quote, "...was frightened and couldn't stand one more minute without the baby." Uh, he was terribly upset, and he said, I don't know how I'll go on living without seeing Tiger.
0: Huh.
1: Um, okay. Yates indicates that Hutchins said he was going to phone Geldoff and beg him to let the girls come to Australia. Wow. So this is early morning. Um, Geldoff's police statements indicate that Geldoff did receive a call from Hutchins. Now... We don't know that side of the call from Michael's standpoint. There are people in the hotel who say they are, they hear a guy swearing at 5 a.m. <laughs> Can you imagine being in the, door next, or the room next in to next this? door, yeah. You're woken up by this, and then later, you know, it's on the news the next day. Um, because of the timeline, people think that was probably him calling Geldof. Geldof yes. says, he called me. He was hectoring and abusive, quote, unquote, is, is what he said to police, and threatening.
0: And if he's at 5 a.m. in Australia... I don't even know what time that yeah. is in the UK. I mean, who knows the it's math there. kind here. of an odd hour anyway.
1: So then, so that's a five. At 9.54, he speaks to his former girlfriend, Michelle Bennett. According to her, he was upset. He was crying. I need to see you. She says, okay. 9.54, she gets her 10 10.40, knocks on the hotel room door. No response. Doesn't know what to do leaves. A Hotel maid opens the door at 11.50. And quote, this is from the report, Hutchins is in a kneeling position facing the door. He'd used a snakeskin belt to tie a knot on the automatic door closure at the top of the door and strained his head forward in the loop and the buckle had broken. Okay. Now, they come in and look at this and they go, okay, Let's do the toxicology report. He's on drugs. He's drunk. He's depressed. He's on Prozac. Uh, he had definitely done cocaine. He's on other prescription drugs. And there's no suicide note, but like clearly it's a suicide.
0: Yeah, with the belt. Sure. Okay. So
1: that's where it is from a legal standpoint. Now, since then, Yates has said, That there's no way he would kill himself, and that this was an experimentation
0: with his belt. Right, right, yeah. Which is what I understood.
1: Which is what has gone down in lore, is that that is what it was. Mm -hmm. If you read everything, that seems not like what it was at all. Now, if you know all of this story about Polly Yates, and kind of who she was, and the type of person she had been. Now, we, we could go and dive a little bit more into their years together. There is new stuff coming out over the last couple of years, new books, and that kind of... I mean, this thing is not going to die. Like, I think us in America, we don't realize how big a deal this
0: was. Oh, it was a state... Like, a state funeral. Like, I remember... Like, I've... When you mentioned this, I didn't... We were like, you're going to talk about this, and I just wanted to look at him and, like, look at videos of him, and then I realized that... Like, that funeral was on TV. This like, was huge! It was a huge... Damn. yeah
1: in yeah. in Britain this was huge um but that is what has lived on about it I mean up until I was researching this I thought that's what happened okay was that he he it was an accident yeah right because of what he was doing
0: all right so what's about to happen
1: well what
0: you're about to tell me something different
1: so no 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 I'm about to tell you that they're pretty sure it was a suicide Okay. Now, here's just this really interesting thing. Remember that pin we stuck on the bulletin board with the names Jess? Yes. And Huey on And Tony it? the Tiger, yeah. And Tony the Tiger? Yeah. <laughs> so, like, right around this, like, at this same time as all this is happening, there is this – it, and it makes you sympathetic for Polly Yates because we're going to hear a little bit more about Polly Yates. Polly Yates was a very troubled person from the beginning, and she continues to be troubled after this happens – obviously right right yeah but the media gets a hold of this idea during all of this and and i don't quite understand how or why but during this custody battle um the, it goes into the media that Polly yates isn't really jesse Yates' daughter
0: Oh, man. This is way a lot to throw in a person. So
1: I think, yeah. And I think what was happening is they were just digging for stories. Because remember, this was huge. This whole thing with Geldof, Yates, and Hutchins was huge. And it was huge fodder for tabloid press and probably the regular press to a certain extent because these guys were just such big celebrities. This is like probably, I don't think it's out of line to say it's equivalent to the America, you know, in America when like the whole Katie Holmes, Nicole Kidman, Tom Cruise thing was happening. Remember how big that was? Well, true. And I mean And not near as controversial, but like there was just three really, 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 really famous people and there was the age difference and there was all that, right? So like this this was a big deal. And they latch onto this story of like, Oh, you know, she's not even really Jesse Hates' kid. And keep in mind, historically, the narrative here is that her dad was a famous host. She's a famous host, right? Yeah. And s- at some point, someone leaks to the press. And that's not even really. That's not really as good. Now, to this point, I think she thought it was, and at s- in some way, shape, or form, a paternity test gets done. This is all happening during the custody battle. F. Af- okay, got it. Right. Yeah. Turns out, her dad is Huey Green. Oh my God. <laughs> Tony the Tiger. Her dad is Tony the Tiger. So people didn't know why that partnership
0: broke up. Oh, wow. Isn't that crazy? Oh, man. So
1: this all gets dropped on her. Now, here's the other crazy thing Huey Green dies in May of 1997, six months before Michael.
0: Okay. All right. So,
1: during the like in that two-yearish period, I'm not sure exactly when it happened. This comes out, he dies. And then Michael dies 6 months later. So this is this is just a weird side thing, but for the full perspective of her mental capabilities, yeah. At this point, like I mean, regardless of what you think of the woman, wow. Like this is a lot to take on.
0: Yeah, having the carpet ripped out from underneath you at any time is is not it's not going to bode well for a lot of people. Some people can't deal with it. And then a double whammy like that is, I mean, that's pretty diva- devastating, right?
1: Yeah. So that makes it a little more understandable that three years later on her middle daughter's 10th birthday, uh, Paula dies of a heroin overdose. Yes. I wasn't going
0: was, to was, th- was, th- was tell you at the beginning, but I knew that she, I knew that she had was deceased. She was
1: 41 at the time. Oh,
0: man. Wow. Um, that was not ruled as
1: a suicide, but foolish and incautious behavior, quote unquote, which I don't think is like the technical thing that they <laughs> term it as. They don't call it that now, no. Um, she had been doing all kinds of drugs for the last two years. But, I mean, depending on who you believe, there had always been a lot of drugs. Sure. Right. Um. What it's a so, crazy story. So Okay, so now there's a, there's a daughter hanging out there who's who an orphan. Yeah. So who adopts the daughter? Now keep in mind, at this point, this daughter is three years old.
0: Does Bob Gildoff adopt this daughter?
1: Bob Gildoff adopts right. the daughter.
0: Okay. Wow.
1: He assumed immediate custody um, and eventually got full.
0: And legally adopted. Full
1: legal adoption. It, it was fought by Paula's family. Yeah. But because of all of the stuff happening with the custody battle otherwise and all, you know, they've been kind of dragged through the dirt, they eventually get it. Now, here's another really sad note. That's 2000. We get to 2014 and uh, Peaches, who is the middle child? Nah. I'm trying to, maybe Peaches is the, the third gildorf child.
0: Peaches, the musical artist? No, 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 stop! <laughs> I'm like, what? Peach's off, <laughs> which is one of the I was my everything was about to explode. No, 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 no. Sorry. Though Peach is
1: a musical artist, you and I to have a long conversation about that. Have we yeah. talked about my college professor who's obsessed with Peaches?
0: Some other time.
1: So uh, <laughs> she also dies of a heroin overdose. Oh. In 2014, she was 25 at the time.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: So I mean, it, it's a family that was really wrecked, really wrecked by decisions that were made. By, you know, all parties. Yeah. Oh. The only person who has survived any of this with any kind of class to a certain degree is Bob Geldof. Though, I mean, he's still a bit of a controversial yes. uh, figure. Mm-hmm. He is. Um, you know, he's done a lot of good. But, you know, the, even the live aid stuff, you know, anytime you raise that much money, people get very, very critical of mm-hmm. what actually happened and what was done with it.
0: Yeah, he got he got some shade for how it was operated and how how that worked.
1: Yeah, but I mean, that's kind of the story, and I wish it had a happier ending.
0: Man, it doesn't.
1: I mean, I guess the happy ending is that Tiger Lily was raised by Bob Geldof and now like lives off the grid somewhere. I just found like a cool article about her. She's twenty three now. Wow. Um. Yeah, which is which is nuts. And is um, not a
0: musician and is not a public figure. From
1: what I can tell, let me see if I still have that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I. believe she is basically you know and there was some speculation that he that he was that Michael Hutchins was pretty broke uh when he died but I I don't see that confirmed everywhere um oh. I mean he definitely had a, he was worth a lot of money but I don't know how much of that money he had how much it was committed all that kind of stuff like definitely still famous um in 97 but the band's winding down yeah he's had a pretty substantial career for 10 years yeah yeah so there you go that's your rock and roll bedtime story now you need like a palate cleanser bedtime story you need you need to go watch an episode of i I don't know something <laughs> something sunny go listen to some maroon five like you need something that is gonna clear that out of your mouth no
0: the animaniacs i think that works for pretty much anything when you
1: <laughs> man i
0: love that show Oh, me too. Yeah. <laughs> Who, that show was made for everyone. Uh,
1: so, yeah, go go unwind from that depressing tale. But now you know the true story about Michael Hutchins. And Bob Geldof. And Bob Who Geldof. A, no, what an
0: intertwined crazy. Man, that's crazy. And you learned something about Tony the Tiger. I did, and you learned something else about me, <laughs> per normal. This is how we do this, man.
1: We are the story guys.com You can find everything that we do there. Uh, you can email us at WeAreTheStoryGuys at gmail.com. And please check out our, our other show, uh, Story Guys. If you have not, uh, you can find that on iTunes and everywhere else that you stream and download the stuff you like to listen to.
0: And I'm up next week, so I've got to... Uh,
1: do you know? Is, do we get a tease? No. Ah. Uh, I can't wait to find I can, out.
0: I have to figure out something to tell you. To... <laughs>
1: <laughs> I will tell you, and this may not be exciting to everyone, but I realize that I can use this podcast in coming weeks to tell the the story of Kevin Cadigan versus Third Eye Blind, which is I know is something that's totally out of your wheelhouse. It is. But yep. it's such an entertaining rock and roll story, um, and we'll save that for another. Don't Don't Google it. Uh, it's fascinating and it's a little bit more like the first two episodes where it's like people fighting over you know royalties and rights and membership as opposed to this depressing thing I've only shown you today (laughs) but now now the story has been set straight set straight you're welcome and remember there is one thing we always need you to do
0: keep telling stories